0: Welcome to Tell Me More, a podcast series featuring distinguished visitors to Tufts University who share their ideas, discuss their work, and shed light on important topics of the day. In this episode, former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe talks about working to decrease gun violence and introducing criminal justice reform in Virginia, and about his suggestions on how to get young people reengaged in politics an issue close to our hearts here at Tufts. McAuliffe served as governor of Virginia from 2014 to 2018. He entered national politics at the age of 23 as the national finance director for President Carter, and he was elected Democratic National Committee Chairman in 2000. He co-chaired President Clinton's 1996 campaign for re-election and his 1997 presidential inauguration. McAuliffe also was chairman of the 2000 Democratic National Convention and chairman of Hillary Clinton's 2008 presidential campaign. He came to Tufts to speak as an invited guest of the Jonathan M. Tisch College of Civic Life as part of an event co-sponsored by the Political Science Department and Tufts' Get Out the Vote initiative called Jumbo Vote. Here, he has a wide-ranging conversation with Alan Solomont, the Pierre and Pamela Omidyar Dean of Tisch College. Let's listen in. Jerry, you just spoke to a group of tough students about the state
1: of American democracy. Uh, How would you describe the state of our American democracy?
2: Uh, We're still a strong democracy, but we're fractured today. I think, unfortunately, after the Kavanaugh hearings and the actions that Trump has taken around the world and his immigration policies and tax policies and trying to destroy the ACA. I think it's really caused real divisions in our country. I think we got a real opportunity to bring the country back together again. These 2018 elections, I think will make a huge difference. I'm very confident we'll win a boatload of governors and in the, in the House of Representatives and a great shot at the Senate. But we can't continue, Alan, on this path where people are so divided. Donald Trump deliberately creates these culture wars. He deliberately tries to drive people apart to try and drive his base up. It's, he may think it's good for him. It's not. And it's really bad for the country.
1: So how did you successfully pass bipartisan legislation in Virginia to decrease statewide gun violence? And how would you approach working across the aisle on a national level?
2: And, and what I tried to do, I it wasn't a Democratic proposal. It wasn't a Republican proposal. When I tried to go to my very Republican House of Delegates, I tried to make it a Virginia proposal. What is it? that we can do together to make Virginia stronger. And I convinced them on economic development, on education, on transportation, but I'm very proud working with them. We passed the first bipartisan gun legislation in 24 years. As you know, Virginia is home to the National Rifle Association. They are very powerful in our legislature, but I convinced them that we could work together and now Virginia has the most strict uh, protective order bill in America. In Virginia on a domestic protective order you have 24 hours to hand your gun into authorities if you do not do it you will be charged with a class 6 felony and you are going to jail and I'm very proud in the last year since I signed the bill 11 people have been convicted and secondly I made sure there's a state trooper at every gun show in Virginia so that they can do a background check before this legislation Even if you wanted to do a background check, there was no one there to do it. Now there is a state police officer at every gun show and the toughest protective order. But I made it about strengthening Virginia.
1: So talk to us a little bit about your work as governor ending the lifetime ban on voting by people with felony convictions. And why was achieving that so important to you? This was a big issue that I ran on
2: in 40 states in America uh, you get your rights to vote back uh, automatically. Virginia, in many of the southern states, they're remnants of Jim Crow laws. And, in fact, in 1902, a state senator who did this in Virginia said, I'm doing this to eliminate the darkie from being a political factor in Virginia. We know the intent. Forty states, as I say, it's automatic. I wanted to put Virginia into the 21st century. These people have served their time, Alan. So if they get convicted, a jury and a judge determine their sentence. They carry out their sentence. Once they're done, they're back free in society. They're paying taxes. They're back going to our schools, our churches. Why shouldn't they vote and be a full citizen? Well, you know the reason. So I wanted to end that practice. I started out making changes. Uh, drug offenses were... Um, offenses that you couldn't get your rights back. I changed that. It used to be a 13-page form. I got it done. I finally said enough's enough. I'm just going to do the right thing and do it for everybody. So I did. I signed the order on April 22nd of 2016 and 206,000 people got their right to vote. Became full citizens. Unfortunately the Republicans sued me twice. I ultimately won and these people are now full citizens. It's about treating second chances in life. It's about treating everybody with dignity and respect. I want Virginia citizens who have served their time and back in society, I want them to feel good about themselves. I want them to be protective members of society. That's good for the state.
1: We still have one of the largest prison populations in the world. We incarcerate people at a much higher rate than other countries. What else could be done to reform reform the criminal justice system?
2: Great question, and this is something I really leaned in on. When I took office, our criminal justice system was horrible in Virginia. No you know recidivism rate. Our juvenile recidivism rate was 80 percent within three years. And we were spending 168,000 per juvenile. So I changed all that. I closed down this gigantic maximum security for juveniles, built smaller community-based family-oriented facilities with educational facilities. At our prison adult prison population, we now offer five college courses. We're the first state to do this. I get you a driver's license when you are in our prison population. You get a state ID while you're there. We have credentialing programs. And when I left office my last two years, Virginia had the lowest recidivism rate of any state in the United States of America for two straight years. Giving people a skill and training them with rehabilitation when they walk out, they can walk right into a job. That is the most important thing we can do.
1: And by the way, here at Tufts, we are bringing higher education to incarcerated men at MCI Concord. We're going to offer them associate degree credit through Bunker Hill Community College, which hopefully one day might lead to a Tufts education. That's great. Um, With our midterm elections coming up, how important do you think young people will be in the outcome of the midterms?
2: You know, we always talk about energizing young people to get them out to vote. I can tell you this year, it is reality. Uh, I want to commend all the young people who did the March for Our Lives. I was at that concert on the mall, and I've never seen anything like it. I think after Parkland, a real switch went off with people, and they know they can really make a difference. And you've seen close elections, the 2000 Gore election in Virginia. We had a tie last year out of, what, 25,000 votes cast. People realize their vote matters. But I think, number one, on the issue of common sense gun control, that our Congress is incapable. After Newtown, Connecticut, when dozens of five- and six-year-olds were murdered, they couldn't do anything. After Vegas, when we couldn't get rid of bump stocks, when this guy engineered his gun to kill all those individuals in Vegas. After Parkland, I think young people said enough is enough. We are going to do this ourselves. So I think it's really going to happen. I think women and young people are going to make the difference. I got to say, I think young people watching the Kavanaugh hearings and to see this way, the way Dr. Ford, courageous woman, came forth to talk about her sexual assault and the way she was denigrated by those individuals, I think young people, that's it. They are fired up.
1: They are fired up, but they're still disenchanted. You and I grew up at a time when politics was a noble pursuit. How can we... How can we get young people to see politics as a noble pursuit once again?
2: And it's a good question. And, and Alan, after watching the things they were saying and saying, I want to be part of this, how did we get this? And so I understand it. But I do think that people have realized, I think Trump has really inspired on the immigration policy. I think young people are outraged today. I can tell you they're outraged in Virginia. When I was governor, I vetoed 120 bills shutting down Planned Parenthood clinics and selling machine guns out of gun stores. People, young people saw me vetoing that legislation and they really, they really understood what we needed to do. I think we've got to do a better job of communicating peer to peer. Um, no one's going to encourage a young people. The most important thing we do to get young people engaged is another young person talking to them. And that's what we really have to do. They're not, getting their information from Twitter or Facebook. They're talking to their friends. And i got to tell you, there are so many women who know someone or have had a sexual assault themselves. They're all talking, and they are angry. And those young women in college campuses all over the country are having a very serious conversation with their friends, and I think that's really going to motivate people. And, and to see what Lindsey Graham, Senator Graham, had said, the disgraceful I wouldn't even mention this on the radio, what he said. It's disgraceful.
1: So if students want to reach out to their elected officials, what's your advice about the best way to do that? Did you hear from students as governor of Virginia?
2: Well, I really leaned in, Alan. I started a whole civic engagement for young people as governor. I put together a whole commission. So I had them come make reports to me. So I was really forward-leaning on it. I wanted young people engaged in the process. We got polling booths now on our college campuses, voter registration when they come in to register for college. I think it's very – I think it is easy for anyone if they want to get to their governor. And I would tell young people, forget Washington. You got to work your state, you got to work your governor because at the end of the day your governor is responsible with the legislature for all of the funding for higher ed as well as K12. They build all your roads, they administer all the healthcare plans, they're in charge of the job creation, workforce development. And there wasn't a time that someone said they didn't want to come see me, that I didn't open the doors to come talk to people. I know people think, well, there's no way I can go in and see the governor. Yes, you can. Call up, get a group of people, and say, I want to have an appointment and talk to you about some big issues. But you can, and I agree with that. I think people think, oh, no, there's no way I'm going to get in. And,
1: but you can. So you just told an audience of tough students that you're pretty much an open book. You, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Tell us something that we don't know about Terry McAuliffe.
2: Oh, I bet, looking at me today, you would never figure that I'd run 15 marathons. <laughs> true. Uh,
1: that is true. There you go. That is true. And you don't train for them that much, do you? Oh, stop it. I'm still fit as a fiddle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: Um,
2: thank you very much, no, Governor. I want to thank Tufts. And I tell you, I want to thank you, Alan, for what you're doing with this school. Finally, someone has really seriously taken on this whole issue of the millennial involvement, civic engagement. It's not just voting. It's taking it to the next level. I happen to be for national service. I would be for mandatory national service. Everyone ought to spend a year of their lives giving back. And I think what you're doing here at the Tisch School is a really step to give us the data, to understand what young people are thinking, what gets them engaged, and how we can use what you give us for us to develop a better country. So I want to thank you and the team.
1: But you know, Terry, even though I'm a little older than you, I learned at the feet of the, of the master. So I thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. Be sure to subscribe to listen to more episodes. And please take a minute to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also welcome your thoughts on the series. You can reach us at tellmemore That's T-U-F-T-S dot E-D-U. Tell Me More is produced by Katie McLeod Strollo, Stefan Hacker, and Dave Nusher. Web production and editing support provided by Momo Shinzawa and Taylor McNeil. Production support provided by 5 to 9 Media. Special thanks to the Jonathan M. Tisch College of Civic Life. Our theme music is sourced from DeWolf Music. And my name is Patrick Collins. Until next time, be well.